Take your Bibles this morning with me, if you would, and turn to turn to the book of First Timothy, chapter two. First Timothy, chapter two. And we're going to read verse 9 down through to the end of the chapter, 9 through 15. 1 Timothy chapter 2, let's all stand together. And if your neighbor does not have a Bible, person sitting next to you, let them look on with you if you would, so we can look on God's Word together. Beginning in verse, in verse 9, it says, In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with same-facedness and sobriety, not with broidered hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. Let the women learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed then Eve and Adam was not deceived, but the woman, woman being deceived was in the transgression. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing bearing, if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here on this Mother's Day and thank you for, and for the opportunity to preach to moms uh, Lord, the truth of the matter is, uh, not just moms, but all of us can benefit from what the scriptures say on this subject, but Lord, particularly our mothers, and, uh, and I appreciate the mothers that we have. I appreciate the fact that we have some godly moms. We've got moms that are, are uh, concerned about their families more than anything else. They're concerned about their relationship with you. And that's what makes them good moms. We pray that you would bless this time together. We pray that you would speak to hearts, have your will, and have your way. Lord, may the, may the, the word of God do the work. May we allow it to do the work that it's intended to do as we respond rightly to it. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And in, in, uh, we're going we're gonna to end up uh, down at a verse that has, I, I think, perplexed a lot of people and, and people have misunderstood uh, verse 15. And that's really where, where we're going to hone in on this morning. But we're going we're gonna to take it in context. Verse 15 says, Notwithstanding she, meaning the woman, shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. But first off, in verses 9 through 12, these verses speak of the unique responsibility that women have. And there are three of them in particular, in three particular areas. First in verse 9, it says, In like manner also that women, adorning themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broidered hair or gold or pearls or costly array. Um, this, uh, this is talking about appearance, and the word that's used is the word adorn. And the word adorn means to make pleasing. It means to display the beauty or excellence of. Now, please understand what this is not saying. It's not saying you can't ever wear gold, you can't ever wear uh, pearls. 
It says, don't adorn yourselves with those. And these are general things. These aren't, these aren't admonitions just for moms. These are for women, period. And this is the, the adorning should not be with those outward things. But the adorning should be two things. Number one, with modest apparel. And modest just simply means not lewd or not improper apparel. Make sure that, uh, that your clothing honors the Lord. And that's the outward. But then there's the inward. And this is, this is really where the adorning ought, ought to be. It says shamefacedness and sobriety. Uh, shamefacedness means a not just modest on the outside, but modest on the inside. Having a godly, having a pure uh, having a, a, a modest uh, attitude. And, and then secondly, sobriety. Uh, sobriety doesn't, mean, doesn't just mean don't get drunk, okay? It means be serious. Uh, now, that, again, that does not mean you can't laugh and you can't have a good time, but un understand that, uh, that we're in serious business. And really, this is, a, this is a good admonition, not just for ladies, but also for all of us, that, uh, uh, you know, the, the, it, it's very serious what's going on in America. It's very serious what's going on in the world. And it's very important that our lives be what they ought to be for Jesus Christ. And we need to, to take our Christian lives uh, very, very seriously. Um, Notice that when it says adorn, it immediately goes not just to the apparel, but it, it also goes to the spirit. It goes to the attitude. It goes to the, the, uh, the temperament that the, that the uh, person displays. And, and what I found over the years is that I, I realize we can all display on the outside what's going on on the inside. But particularly ladies do. Uh, and and that's, I don't say that as a bad thing. It's just the way that God, God made ladies. And, uh, and that's, that, that can be a very good thing. If the right thing is in there, the right thing is going to come out. Um, I remember years ago, I uh, uh, had the opportunity to, to go to a meeting over in the Buffalo area. And uh, I met, uh, in, in being in that meeting, there was a lady that was walking around doing some things and helping. And, and uh, boy, she just, she just had a glow about her. And uh, she, she, was, she was pleasant in her looks, but there was just something special. And, and so I, I said something. I was, we, I was talking with one of the fellows that were, were in the church, and they pointed to her, and, she, and they said, you see that lady right there? She they says, yeah. She says, two weeks ago, she was a prostitute, and she got saved. And I mean, he said, she got saved. And she has turned her back on the whole thing. She was dressed modestly the whole, two weeks, two weeks. And he said, you wouldn't believe the difference, he said, that it made on her looks. Just in the face, just in the face alone. Uh, not just talking about the modesty, but just the inside coming out. Ladies, you, you, ha you have that ability, and it's a good thing, uh, to, to, to wear what's going on on the inside. And that's why it's so important to adorn yourself properly inwardly. It's talking about appearance, and then this, the second area is down in verse 10. 
And this is the area of activity. It says, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. Now again, talks about talks about the outward, but it first talks about the inward. It says you need to have the godliness on the inside and then the, the good works on the outside. A scripture says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It does not mean to work for your own salvation. Works have nothing to do with whether or not a person has, is saved and their sins are forgiven. Uh, the thing that, that matters is if they've trusted Christ as Savior. God does a work in us. When God does a work in us, then God tells us we need to take that work that he's done on the inside and, and cultivate it and work it out so that people can see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. And, and that's, that's what he's talking about here. He's saying you have an inward attitude of godliness and then you have good works. If you, it, and don't go there right now, but Proverbs 31 and verses 10 through 31 talks about the, the um, virtuous woman. And uh, the, the virtuous woman in Proverbs 31, I was looking at it just the other day, and man, she's a, she was a, a busy woman. She, she, there was all kinds of things she was doing. Uh, she, she does her husband good, the scripture says. And because she does her husband good, uh, he trusts her. He, he relies on her. Uh, a good mom will also be a good wife. Uh, in the, in that, that passage of Scripture in, in uh, Proverbs 31, it starts with talking about the relationship that the, the, the wife has with the husband. It doesn't start with the relationship that the wife has with the children, but with the husband. And because that's important, and it's important to be a good wife. And, and because she was good and because she was busy and because she was a hard worker, he trusted in her. It, it says that she worked with her hands. Uh, she's described as not being lazy, but being very diligent. Uh, I, I like this one. It says, she bringeth her food from afar. Now, you know what that means? That means Aldi, Wegmans, BJ's, uh, Walmart, uh, <laughs> uh, sometimes really afar, solders. You know, go out to solder. But... Uh, but she, in other words, she'll go to whatever length she has to go to in order to make sure that her family is taken care of and is, is fed. She, feed, she feeds her family and she feeds them properly. He um, talks about the fact that she's wise in business. It says, she considereth a field and buyeth it. Uh, you know, the, the controversy over recent years has been, well, can, can uh, wives, can mothers work? Well, this one did. Uh, you know, it says that she bought a piece of land and she sold it and so forth. And, uh, and, and she was just very wise in the things that she did in the business that she transacted. A, um, a virtuous woman clothes her family, makes sure that, that they're taken care of and that they're clothed properly. Um, eateth not the bread of idleness. Doesn't just sit around and waste time, but uses it and uses it properly. Uh, is, it says, uh, is kind in her speech. Uh, that means that she's not a gossip. She's not a, a backbiter. She's not a, a busybody. A virtuous woman doesn't do those things. And then, then it, then it, it, it uh, also says about, about 
her husband. It says, her husband is known in the gates. Now, the gates were a place of authority. The gates were a place where, where in, in Bible times, where business transactions were often done. And uh, it says that he was known in the gates. Now, the context is he's known because of her. In other words, she has, she has been such a good testimony that it has affected his reputation. Ladies, you need to make sure that, that, that uh, your testimony positively affects the reputation of not only your husband, but really of your whole family. And so you've got, you've got appearance, you've got the area of appearance, of activity. And then the last one is the, the, uh, the area of just overall general attitude, verses 11 and 12. It says, let the woman learn in silence with all subjection, but I suffer not a, not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. All this is talking about is just simply a, a submissive spirit. And over in First uh, Peter chapter 3 and verse 4, it talks about the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. Uh, a meek and quiet spirit is what makes a woman valuable. A meek and a quiet spirit. A meek spirit doesn't mean she's a mouse. A meek spirit just simply means that she's surrendered her rights, first of all, to God, and then second of all, to her husband. And, and I believe even thirdly, to her family. In other words, she, you, again, you go back to, to Proverbs 31, and she was concerned about others. Her concern was not first herself, but her concern was, was others. Now, there's been a lot, you know, in this, in this day of enlightenment, and, uh, and, and of, uh, you know, of feminine, so-called feminine equality. Listen, uh, ladies have always been equal to men. And all God's ladies said, <laughs> well, yeah, men and women are, are created equal. Here's the difference. The difference is men are men and ladies are ladies. And so God's got a role for men and God's got a role for ladies. And, and the, the truth is, when we fit our roles and we, we enact our roles and the way that we were made and the way that we were created, I, I, I really believe that this whole so-called feminism uh, deal and, and the trans deal and all this, all this junk that's going on in America, you know what it is? You know what it really is? It's an attack on God the Creator. It's, a, it's an attack on God's design. That's really what the whole thing is. It's an attack on those things. It's, it's saying that, that uh, uh, God did not design men to be men and women to be women, and that they're not to be something in between that's indistinguishable. God wants us to be distinguishably different, distinctively different. And, and God has a role for women and God has a role for men and he has responsibilities. That's the reason why we don't have women preachers in this church. Now I say we don't have, actually we do have women preachers, but they have private audiences, amen? Uh, uh, but, and and some, of the best, some of the best messages I've heard, I've heard from this woman right down here. Uh, and oh boy, were they pointed oftentimes, but <laughs> you know, that's just how it goes. But uh, but, but notice also it says, and, and this is, the, this is the, the proper interpretation of it, 
Verse 12, I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over a man. So we, you know, we don't have, we don't have adult Sunday school classes with, with women teaching in them. But we do have women teaching children. There's nothing wrong with that. Doesn't say that they can't teach. It just says they should not teach nor usurp authority over a man. And again, what this is doing is showing that each is uniquely different. And, uh, you know, God made you ladies to be ladies. And, and I don't mean this in a, in, a, in a bad way at all. I mean this in a very good way. Flaunt it. <laughs> you know, flaunt it. God made you a lady. Be a lady. I say the same thing to guys. Guy, uh, God made you, you men to be men. Be a man. You know, be a man. Uh, God has made you ladies to be ladies. Be a lady. Be a lady and understand that it's a, it's a real privilege to have that role. And then uh, go with me to verses 13 through 15, because this is really where we're going to kind of hone in on this morning. It says, For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. Now that phrase, saved in childbearing, let me tell you what it does not mean. It does not, it's not talking about biblical salvation in the respect of getting your sins forgiven. You are not saved, ladies, through childbearing. You're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, which cleanses us from all sin. And all God's lady said, yeah. amen, good. Uh, and you know, what, what that means is that there needs to be a time in your life when you realize that whether you're a man, a woman, boy, girl, uh, makes no difference. You, you need to come to that realization that you are a sinner. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That uh, because of your sin, there's, there's a penalty for sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Because of sin, physical death came into this world. And because of sin, spiritual death came into this world. And when a person dies and their sins are not forgiven and they have not trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, they die and they go to hell for all eternity. I don't say that with any pleasure. I don't say that with any glee. I say that with great sadness of heart. There are many people in my family. And I, I don't, you know, I don't know. Uh, one, of, one of the things I've always been bothered about, and I'll be honest with you, uh, there, uh, there are aspects of this day that are hard for me, always have been, uh, because of my mom passing when I was eight years old. I, I really didn't know my mom real well, at least I don't remember her real well. Uh, and, and because of that, I don't, I don't know where she is right now. Uh, the important thing is, is that her passing really uh, got me thinking about death. And uh, I, I've, I've, I've said this to to several people uh, over the years, in a sense, in, in a sense, my mom led me to Jesus Christ. Now what I mean by that is her death caused me to think of death. And I never would have thought of that before uh, had, had, had she not passed away. And uh, well, one of the reasons why I am saved this morning is because uh, I can remember going through the stages, you know, being sorrowful over her death, then getting mad and getting bitter, and then 
getting past that and then saying, you know, where is she? And then I got past that one and, and, and got to, okay, where she is, she is, where are you going? And all of that took place before I ever got the gospel. And it all took place because of the passing of my mom when I was young. But uh, uh, a person needs to come to that, that realization that you're going to die and go to hell for all eternity if you don't believe on Jesus Christ and him alone. It has nothing to do with works. The Bible says it's not of works, lest any man should boast. And uh, works have nothing to do with it. It has nothing to do with going to church. It has nothing to do with being here right now. But we don't want you to leave. You stay. Uh, but, uh, but it has nothing to do with that. It has, it has nothing to do with giving. It has nothing to do with keeping the Ten Commandments or how good you are or how bad you are. It has everything to do with have you trusted the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and Him alone as your Savior. Uh, that alone for the forgiveness of all your sin. Have you, have you repented and turned from sin and turned to Jesus Christ called out to him for mercy, and asked him to save you. Well, then you say, then what in the world is it talking about in verse, in verse 15? Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing. Well, first of all, verse, verses 14 and 15 speaks of, of, of Adam and Eve, and how that Adam was willful in the transgression when he fell, but Eve was deceived. Now, she, obviously, she chose to do so, too. But there was some deception there. And because of deception, she fell into sin. You, if, you, if you take it in context, starting in verse 14, And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing. I, I think there's two... two uh, applications to that saved in childbearing. And the first, first and foremost in context is that she'll be saved from deception. Why does it say in childbearing? Because when, it, when a woman is pregnant and has a child, when she's with child, she is as susceptible as she has ever been. Uh, the, the emotions run high during that time. Some of you ladies ought to be giving a very hearty amen to that one. <laughs> and, uh, and I know I watched it with my wife five times. Uh, with the four boys, she had some emotional you know, ups and downs and so forth. With the last one, which was a girl, it was, and you know who she is. And so you can understand why the emotions were so high. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, she was, she was I, I remember walking into the house one day. And, and by the way, I called. I want you to know, you've got a prophet for a pastor. I called every one of my kids. I said, the first one's a boy, second one's a boy, third one's a boy, fourth one's a boy. I walked in one day from the end of the house, and we were over in western New York. And I walked over to her, and I said, hi, how you doing? She looked up, and she said, oh, yeah, I'm doing very good. She just started crying. And I didn't know what in the world was going on. And I said, honey, what's the matter? I don't know. I'm just crying. I said, it's a girl. It's a girl. <laughs> sure enough, I was right. <laughs> and it was. But that's, a, that's a, a real susceptible time for a woman. And, and because of that, uh, uh, it, it is so important for a woman in that time 
to, to, to be right with God and to walk with God. In verse 15, it says, Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. The thing that, gets, that will get her through that time will be faith, charity, holiness, and sobriety. But I want you to notice something, and I, I never saw this before until just this week. In verse 15, there's some pronouns that do some switching. In verse 15, it says, Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing if they. It doesn't say she. It says they. Now, I said, guys, you could relax for this message, but I lied. <laughs> okay? Um, it's, not, it's not just the woman's spiritual walk, but guys, you have an effect on your wife. Uh, you want to be a blessing to your wife? Walk with God. You want to be a blessing to your family, whether you, whether you be a father or a mother, husband or wife, you want to be a blessing in your family, you walk with God. And that, that takes a lot of the pressure off. And it takes the, the uh, pressure off in particularly in the area of, of, uh, uh, of temptation. It says, she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue. So men have a responsibility in this thing as well. And there are four things that get a woman through that time. And those four things are faith, charity, holiness, and sobriety. Now, the truth of the matter is there's a, there's a second application to that verse. And it says, notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing. You're not only saved during that, can be saved from temptation during that time. But a woman is preserved through her children. You know, you, you, have, you have, as a mom, you have a tremendous privilege. And the privilege you have is to impart what God has shown you and the blessings that God has been to you upon your children. And, and uh, uh, it's, a, it's a responsibility that, that both moms and dads have, but I think particularly moms, because moms spend so much time in, in, in contrast with dads. Dads are out working and, and earning a living and so forth. Moms are home with those children. And, and, that is, and that is so important. I, I, don't, I really don't like the term, the terminology that we've adopted in America. Does your wife work or does she stay at home? <laughs> because the truth of the matter is the stay at home is working like crazy. <laughs> and uh, uh, probably has a little less hair because she stays at home because she's pulling it out from time to time because of the kids. But, but uh, the point is, is that uh, you have a, a tremendous tremendous opportunity to be reproduced uh, through your children. And, uh, uh, you know, this is, this is, this is true. Uh, you know, this, this verse applies during, during the time when she's with child. I believe it also applies even after the children are born and she's, she's being a mother. By the way, um, both of those times, whether she's with child or whether she's already given birth, both of those times, she is a mom. 
You don't become a mom when you give birth. You, you become a mom as soon as you're with child. <laughs> you know, do you notice, we, you've never heard anybody say, oh, well, she's with fetus. Never heard that. I've never heard that in my entire life. It's always the term, she's with child. You know why? Because that's a real baby in there. It's a real life in there, okay? Don't, don't let the world uh, tell you that it's just a blob of jello down there. It's not. It's a life. It's a life. And she, she, she's a mom. In fact, one of the things that we've, we have done, and I don't think we have this situation. Well, maybe we do. We just haven't been told yet. But uh, uh, if, if, uh, if, there's a, if there's a lady who is with child, okay, and you don't have any other children, uh, you are a mother. So please take one of the gifts or both of the gifts. Uh, that are, are uh, offered on the table uh, in the courtroom. But, but what God says here is that there's, there's four attributes that, that a good mom has. Four attributes. We're going to look at them quickly this morning. First one is faith. Faith is just trusting God and trusting God to help you and trusting God to help your family and trusting God to, to help your children. I want you to look with me, uh, keep your finger here, and go to the book of Hebrews. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. I've known this story. I've preached this story. But I, I thought about it just a little bit differently um, this last week than I have in the past. Uh, Put your finger in Hebrews 11 and then uh, with another hand, find Exodus chapter 2. In fact, let's go to Exodus 2 first. Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2, look in verses 1 through 10. This is the story of Moses. And, and of course, he was born... Uh, during, in Egypt during the time of Israel being slaves to the Egyptians. And it says in verse 1, There went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi, and the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him that he was a, a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could no, not longer uh, hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And his sister stood afar off, that's Miriam, to uh, wit what, what would be done uh, to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river and her maidens walked along by the river's side and when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then, then said his, his uh, sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. So she went and got mom, and mom ended up uh, nursing and taking care of, of, of her son. In verse 9, And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. 
And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses, and she, and she said, because I drew him out of the water. Now we go to, to Hebrews chapter 11, and in Hebrews 11, verse 23, it tells you what was going on in the heart of Jacobed, in the heart of his mother. It says in verse 23, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandments. Because she had faith, she hid him. Because she had faith, she did all that she could and she believed God for it. Um, that's, that, that's the kind of faith that God's talking about that a, that a mom has to have. Uh, you have to believe that God will take you and use you if you will do the very, very best that you know how. Uh, you know, we've, we've got all kinds of ladies in this congregation this morning. And uh, there's a varied amount of, of uh, talents and abilities and knowledge. Uh, some are smarter than others. Some are better with certain skills than others are. But you know, there's something that every single person in here can do. Every single mother in here can do. You can trust God. You can trust God for the, for the bringing up of your children. You just do all that you know how to do. And that's what she did. I mean, think of this. She took, she took a, a, made a little boat, basically, stuck it in the river, and, and let go of her little baby boy. I mean, it was either that or, or Pharaoh's army would have him, would have him killed. Uh, have you ever wondered what might be in that, that water? You know, I, I've wondered. I wonder if there were crocodiles in that water. Uh, you know, she, uh, she could have been putting her child in danger, but it was more danger to not put him there. So she did the very, very best that she could. Fumbled around, I'm sure, a little bit but just trusted God. And look what God did for her. Just because she trusted him, just because she had faith. He turned those, those, that situation right around. Here she was able to nurse her child, she was able to take care of her child, and she got paid for it, you know? I mean, I mean the yeah, well, of course we got that going on today too, the government pays for it, but it's a little bit different scenario. Uh, what we're talking about, <laughs> What we're talking about here is just God intervening in the situation and taking a, what could have been a very dangerous situation and turned it into a real blessing. Um, you know, when you think about it, we are, we are living in the days of, we're living in Pharaoh-like days. Uh, days that, you know, I've made, I've made the comment, as many of you have made the comment, uh, it, it's it's different raising children uh, today. Well, you know what? It was different for, for Jacobed uh, to raise her children during those days of slavery. But God took care of the children. You know, I've, I've, looked, at, I've looked at my kids and, and raising my grandkids and, and, and say, ooh, you know, I'm fearful. Well, I don't have to be fearful if the moms and the dads, and particularly the moms this morning we're honing in on, just believe God. <laughs> just believe God and trust the Lord 
to do what, what she cannot do. You do the best that you can and then trust God for the rest. You know, if, if God can watch over Moses and God can watch over Aaron and God can watch over Miriam, you know what I think? I think he can watch over your kids. He can watch over your grandkids. He can watch over uh, your great-grandkids. Uh, so what, what a lady needs to have first and foremost at the top of the list is faith. Second thing she needs to have is charity. And charity is, is just simply God loving others through you. Um, take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're not going to spend a lot of time here, but I do want you to look at the definition that's given in verses 4 through 8a. And ladies, just ask yourself, does this describe me? And when I say, does this describe me, let's hone in on it a little bit. Does this describe me as a mother at home? With the doors closed, with nobody else looking in, not in public, but where all can see. Does this describe me? Because this is the attitude that the Bible says that you need to have. It says in verse 4, charity suffereth long. <laughs> if you're a mother, you say, you say, well, that's a given. You know, that yeah. just is. Uh, and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. Is not puffed up. Doth not dis behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. No, you seek, seek for the welfare of your children and your family. Is, is not easily provoked. Doesn't fly off the handle right away. Thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. You spend time in your Bible. Do your kids see you spend time in your Bible? Uh, this morning, one of, our, one of our boys called at the house, and uh, they weren't able to talk to their mom, even on Mother's Day. Because she was talking to God. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm, th I'm, I'm, I'm thankful. One of the reasons why uh, we have children that are wanting to serve God today. And I'm not saying that if, if you have some children that, that aren't wanting to serve God, that it's your fault. It may be, it may not be. I don't know. Uh, I know people have free wills. I understand that. But, but uh, I know where credit is due, and there's a mom that's prayed for our kids, and she's been faithful in praying for our kids. And uh, uh, that's a good thing. Uh, rejoiceth not in iniquity, rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things. <laughs> Again, that's a mom, bears all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth. Now in that description, mom, does that describe you? Uh, you know, you've, you've heard the old uh, saying, charity begins at home. And I, I found out that it, it actually originated sometime back in the 1600s. That's not, a, that's not a new saying. Charity begins at home. Well, it really does, especially for a mom. So mom has to have faith and mom has to have charity. And then, then another thing that mom has to have is, is holiness. And holiness is just simply purity. It's being, being as close to God as you can possibly be. Um, you know, I've, I've heard it said, and, and it really is so true, we are just as close to the Lord as we want 
to be. Uh, if we want to get closer, the Bible says, draw nigh unto God and he will draw nigh unto you. But we need to take the first step. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 7 says, For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. Uh, what we need today is we need to have pure and holy and right moms. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1 says, uh, it says uh, that, that our responsibility is to cleanse ourselves. Uh, take, take your Bibles and turn to 2 Corinthians, if you would. 2 Corinthians 7. Second Corinthians 7, the very first verse is, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. It talks about filthiness of the flesh, and of course that's talking about sinful acts. Cleanse yourselves of sinful acts. Be careful what you look at. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you indulge your thoughts in. And then, then secondly, filthiness of the spirit. And that has to do with attitudes, sinful attitudes. And in, in doing so, we, 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 perf we perfect ourselves in holiness, and we do so, should do so, in the fear of God. And that takes us to the last point, which is sobriety. Sobriety. Just being serious. Um, it's, it's, only, it, it's only used one other time. Um, take your Bibles and, and look with me. Uh, let's see, you're in uh, first, uh, first Timothy chapter 2. Look up at verse 9. There's only two times it's used. It's used here and it's also used in verse 9. In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broidered hair or gold or pearls or costly array. Those are the only two times in all Scripture that that, the, the, that particular word, sobriety, is used. And it just simply means to, to, to fear God and grasp the enormity of the responsibility that you have of being a mother. And just be serious about it and make it a number one priority. God tells us that we need that that ladies need to have faith, they need to have charity, they need to have holiness, and they need to have sobriety. Um, one of the things I was thinking about this week was that, as I've told you, my mom died when I was eight, and my mom had me really for a, a very short period of time. But I, I do remember this. I spent a whole lot more time with my mom during that time than I spent with my dad. I can remember sitting in my mom's lap. I can remember her telling me stories. I can remember we, uh, we had a dog, and I can remember her uh, feeding the dog and taking care of the dog. And, and uh, in fact, we had two of them while she was alive. And uh, uh, they say that up to the age of about eight years old, between six and eight, that most of the personality and a lot of the character of a child is formed by that time. Guess who's the biggest influence on it? Now, I, I didn't, again, I, I didn't know my mom real well. I don't remember. My, my memory's just not there. Those memories are, are, are just not present. But here's what I do know. She had an influence on me. 
And who I am and what I am today, I owe a big bunch of it to my mom because she spent time with me. Moms, you're important. You have a tremendous responsibility. You'll be saved in childbearing. And as I said, I think that has two meanings. Number one, in context, it's talking about pregnancy. And if you, you have the right attitude and the right actions toward God during that time, you'll be spared a lot of temptations. But beyond that, you're duplicated in your children because you have the opportunity to really be an influence and an influence for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heads bowed and eyes closed. No one looking around. In just a moment, we're going to give an invitation. And it isn't going to be just for moms, but primarily for moms. And if God's speaking to your heart as a mom the, the, this morning, uh, my, I would encourage you to, to act upon it. But I, I want to ask you this. I just want to ask you this question. Are you absolutely positive, whether you be a mom, dad, a boy, or a girl, do you know for sure if you die today, you go to heaven? Are you absolutely positive right where you sit right now that all your past, present, and even your future sins are forgiven because of the blood of Jesus Christ, which cleanses us from all sin? If you know that for sure, because you can look back to the time when you put all your faith and you put all your trust in Christ, and him alone is Savior. I wonder if you might just raise your hand as a testimony. Head, heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around. And you say, here's my hand. I know for sure that if I die today, I go to heaven because I've trusted Christ. All right, thank you. You can put your hands, hands down. Is there anyone that would be just as honest and say, Pastor, here's my hand. I, I don't know that for sure. i really like to know. Would you pray for me? Now, my prayer can't, can't save you, but... I can pray and ask God to work on your heart and make it clear to you so that you too can trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. Is there anyone like that here this morning? Just by an uplifted hand, I won't point you out. I wouldn't embarrass you for the world, but uh, I do want to pray for you. Anyone like that here this morning? Say, Pastor, here's my hand. All right, particularly moms this morning. Where's your desire? Where's your heart? Do you put that, do you look at being a mom as being a serious thing? Maybe in something that was said this morning, scripture that was looked at, God has either maybe challenged your heart, maybe pricked your heart, maybe convicted your heart, maybe caused you to say, you know what, I, I need to, to be more specific on some goals in my life. But God has, has dealt with you as a mom this morning, particularly moms. You just raise your hand and say, Preacher, here's my hand. Pray for me. I need to do that which is right and, and respond to the Lord in the things that he's speaking to my heart about. Thank you. See that hand? Anybody else? Say, just pray for me. All right, Father, we thank you for your goodness and your grace and your mercy. You've been so good to us, Lord. There might be still, though there was no hands raised, there may be someone here this morning that if they were to die right now, they don't know for sure that they go to heaven. In fact, because they've not trusted Christ as Savior yet, they would die and go to hell. And I don't say that with any glee and I don't say that with any joy. That's a terrible thing. 
especially when it's so unnecessary because Christ died for sinners. And uh, Lord, I pray that you'd work on hearts of anyone that might be here this morning without that forgiveness of sins and without that assurance. And then, Lord, I pray for the, those that raised their hand and said, you know, as, as mom, uh, God, that you've been dealing with their heart. I pray, Father, that you give them the strength, give them the wisdom to do that which you've prompted them to do, whatever it might be. Lord, please do a work in the hearts of our moms. God, continue to strengthen them, continue to give them the courage, the strength, the wisdom, and, and uh, Lord, the, 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 the fortitude is keep on keeping on for Jesus Christ. And we'll be careful to thank you and praise you for what you do in hearts and lives. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together.